Welcome to Pillar and Ground Podcast. I'm Brian Salter, lead pastor at LMPC, and this episode is a Pillar and Ground Connections episode where we seek to increase our connection to one another with whom we stand together in community and mission. And today we're joined by a repeat guest, having previously been on Pillar and Ground, Jennifer West, our church librarian, also a member of our body here. Welcome back, Jennifer. Thank you. It's great to be here. We want to talk a little bit more today about the great resource that God's given us at Lookout with the Alice Joyner Library. And it is a connections episode because we really do desire to connect people to this wonderful resource uh, in our church. And so we're going to talk about why you want to get connected there, really, as a member or if you're listening as a community member. You want to connect to the resources that the library has. So uh, just tell us a little brief overview about the Alice Joyner uh, Memorial Library that we have at our church. Sure. So the library dates all the way back to the 1940s. Mm. So it's been in existence for a long time. It's been built over a long time. Wiki Carter, who is still a member of our church and is still very much involved in the library, Grew that collection, oversaw it for years and years and years. She is the longest serving volunteer, I think, at the church. (laughs) And I don't know where we would be in the library without her assistance and her oversight for all of those years and her continued assistance today. The library has about 8,000 items in it. It has all kinds of resources for Bible study, for individual study, a lot of devotional books, a lot of books on prayer, a lot of books that have prayers in them. We have a lot of biographies, memoirs, lots and lots of children's books, a big collection on missions, and there's a lot of fiction. There are books to take on vacation with you, books to read when you're curled up in front of the fire. So it's a wonderful collection. I think a lot of people may glance in the library as they walk by and think, It's a collection maybe that was just cast off books over the years that people left and and were put on shelves. Uh, Some of the books are old looking, but we add new books every month. So it's, it's not an old, dusty collection of books. It's a growing collection of books. Yeah, it's an, it's an active library. Uh, It also is a library that is trying and more and more to work in conjunction with things the church is doing sermon series, uh, book reading uh, clubs that um, the women have been doing or other emphasis where if you're hearing something preached or talked about, you're trying to connect to the ongoing life of the church so that people can get resources with what they're hearing, right? Yes, absolutely. I often go to the 930 service and hear something in a sermon and go down to the library and pull out the book that the pastor mentioned and put it out. And when we have special speakers here, like Alistair Begg, you know, we had four of his books out. So a lot of times if you are attending something at the church or if you're there in the worship service, you could go after the service and find some books that either answer questions that were raised that you still would like to know more about, or you just want to do more study of the topic that was talked about or the particular Bible passage that was preached on. Um before we talk kind of about the reason libraries still really have meaning and importance just review with us when's the library open 
The library is open anytime the church is open. So if you wanted to come during the week, the office hours of the church are 8.30 to 5, so the library is always open Monday through Friday during those hours. But if the church is open for an event in the evening, when people come to worship on Sunday, you can stop by the library. Um, most of us are carrying around a mini computer in our pockets yeah. at all times. Um, and the question some may ask as they're listening is, do we really need libraries with print books? I, not surprisingly, I'm a huge advocate of continuing to read print books. But as I thought about this question and, and why do we have libraries, and I certainly hear people that raise that question, and I think it's, it's always worth considering when you think about how should the church support the ministry that's going on there? How do we use the resources we have? I think it's appropriate to, from time to time, reevaluate and say, mm -hmm. do we still want to give resources to this particular ministry or this particular activity? And I think there's a strong case to be made for a library at our church. And I think there's some unique reasons for that that people may not even think about, so I thought I would mention some of them. Mm -hmm. Our heritage is Presbyterians really supports having a library. Presbyterians for centuries have supported education. They have been at the forefront of founding schools. I think there are more than 40 colleges and universities in the United States that were founded by Presbyterians. And of course, we have the denominational college mm -hmm. right here down the road from us, Covenant. But Princeton, Davidson, Agnes Scott, Bellhaven in Jackson, Mississippi, all founded by Presbyterians. And Presbyterians have always believed in literacy, in everyone having access to the Word of God, in encouraging people to not have a shallow knowledge of the Bible, but to deepen their knowledge of the Bible year by year. So I think that's probably the foundation the foundational argument for having a library. Mm -hmm. But then I was thinking about the series that you did recently about the identity of our church and what kind of church are we. And we are somewhat unique in being that large parish church. Mm. We're not a church where people are only coming on Sunday morning, traveling 30, 45 minutes to get to the church. Most people live really close by. We don't have a library, a public library on Lookout Mountain. Mm -hmm. But we have this resource for the community as well as our church because of having this library. So we have something that people can access easily because most of the people of the congregation live within 10 or 15 minutes of the church building. And then, you know, the primary reason really for having a library is to support the ministry of our church. Mm. We have so many resources in the library for people who are facilitating small group Bible studies, and that's a huge part of what our, our library is used for. There are people who are leading men's Bible studies, women's Bible studies, and they can come check out commentaries. It's almost as though every member is given the opportunity to have the kind of library that pastors have mm -hmm. 
where they have all of these books and resources. And a lot of times members of churches don't have access to that, but we do here, and yeah. I'm so thankful for that. Uh, the last reason I think I would give for having a library is that there's so many things that I think people have questions about sometimes. And sometimes it can be difficult to go to someone and ask those questions, whether they're struggling with doubt or they are questioning their sexuality or mm-hmm. they wonder about the best way to raise their children or how to talk to their children about difficult issues. We try to have all of those kinds of books that answer those questions in the library as well. And it gives people the opportunity to go in, check out a book that has a lot of reasons for believing in Christianity, or it addresses doubts that people may have, or it answers the kinds of questions that people have when they are suffering. Mm-hmm. And they can pull that book out and have it take it home with them. Yeah. Uh, and two, these little mini computers, when you're searching questions, when you're searching things, they give you responses based on an algorithm that may be true, maybe not. And yet the library is a place where you can go and maybe find something that you wouldn't find in your search on your phone because of the nature of technology. Absolutely. So that's a great resource. Yes. And I was, I was just talking to an education professor at Covenant yesterday who was telling me about the ongoing research that's being done that's looking at what goes on in your brain when you are reading print material versus only engaging with digital media. Yeah. And she was explaining to me that the brain is stimulated in four different areas when you are reading a book. It's, that's not true of watching something or just scrolling through what's on your phone. Yeah, I was actually telling somebody last night that I think the phones and technology, which we, we believe it's good and has, has good, can be used for good. But I think we may look back and it's going to be this generation's version of cigarettes. And you go, oh, that did a lot of damage to the interior of our being that we were unaware of. And I think that whole development of the brain, that research is really important. Rest and sleep, that's also been shown if you're holding a book before you go to sleep. It's very different than looking at your phone. Absolutely. So on and on, you can you can make a lot of cases for why print books really do matter. It's not just nostalgic. No, it's not just that. And I really understand people who say, I just don't have time to read or I don't really like to read. I am not a huge sports fan, and I actually live most of my life, which I know is unbelievable, probably to you, but to others as well. I don't really watch sports and it doesn't feel like a huge loss in my life, but I really, really understand the appeal of being a part of that. And I certainly have gone to games and I've enjoyed the thrill of victory and I've experienced the agony of defeat. So I hope that people that would say, I don't really read or I don't have time to read, might be able to do what I'm doing when I think about people who love sports, that they would see Hmm. and understand how there's this richness there that people love Mm -hmm. and benefit from. And maybe if you haven't tried participating in that world for a while, 
you might step in and give it another chance. We've got books in the library that are not heavy lifts. You know, I think sometimes it feels like, oh, that's just going to be so time-consuming and so difficult, and my brain is fried. I don't have time to sit down and plow through a book. You know, we've got books that are photographs of paintings, for example. We've got books of poetry. You could read a poem a week. There are books that are, you know, pictures of different things in the Bible. If you want to know what did the temple look like, you could come in and get a book and sit down with your child and see mm-hmm. what the temple looked like. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of books there that are either not difficult to read or you don't really read very much at all, but mm-hmm. you have the chance to step into another world and see something that maybe you don't know much about. Yeah, and if you want to get started reading, just you know, start with 10 pages a day. Um, I know some people that aim to read 30 pages a day of something and yeah. just you create some goals they're 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 manageable they're it's manageable. just like starting yeah. an, when you know when you start an exercise program or yeah. you start trying to eat right or you know it, you start small you don't have to do something huge and but you know a, a change of diet a change of exercise has benefits what are the benefits of changing your disciplines and, and engagement with reading books yes and i think they're so many benefits but the two that come to mind most quickly one is that it does enlarge your world it's so easy to live especially if you're up here on the mountain it's it's very easy to live and and be focused on a very small slice of life and books are a way even if you don't have the means to travel they're a way for you to find out about all different kinds of people, all different places, all different times of life. I'm, you know, my background is in history. I'm a huge uh, advocate for reading about our past. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you do that, you know, okay, so we're not the only people who've had problems or we're not the only people who've wrestled with these kinds of issues or these kinds of questions. You know, you pick up William Wilberforce's diary and you see mm. you know he didn't go on from triumph to triumph he wrestled almost every day with feeling like a failure mm. when you know some things like that i think you have a different perspective on your own life and i think it also helps you to see yourself in the right perspective so it widens your horizons but i think it also humbles you in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and i think that's a good thing for all of us as believers, um, hmm. just to to put your own life in the perspective that you gain from reading about the lives of others or reading about other time periods or even just being pulled into a work of fiction mm-hmm. that gives you a new perspective. That's really good. Uh, we are blessed to have you, Jennifer, as librarian because you are so well-read. And that affects how you're adding to our collection. Uh, there are things you're bringing to the table that many people wouldn't even know, and then they appear there. So talk about how you're thinking about maintaining the library and adding to the collection. How do you think about that? 
There's always a certain amount of judgment that goes into choosing the books that you're going to add. I mean, you can't add everything. Every librarian has to decide, you know, which books we'll add, which books are we not going to add. We put books in the library that, as I've said before, support the ministry of the church. So one, you know, item that I'm always looking at are new commentaries. Are there some books of the Bible that maybe we only have a few commentaries and we could add some more. We're a church that believes in Reformed theology. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to choosing books on Christian living or books on theology, I am primarily looking to add books that are based on that Reformed theological backgrounds that support what we believe. But on the other hand, you know, we we may add something that is more broadly evangelical. Every book in the library is not a book that we would say, you know, trust every single word in this book. It, there's no book that's inerrant other than the Word of God. That's right. And we expect people to be able to read with discernment. Um, the books are chosen carefully. They're, you know, there always are times when I don't know the entire collection. It's, it's huge. I'm continuing to go through and look at books that were put in and say maybe the 50s that may be outdated. So I mean, we're always pulling some books out and adding new books. Mm. And uh, when I don't know a particular subject, I go to an expert. Um, I wanted to add more books on homosexuality, transgenderism, the kinds of questions that people are asking about sexuality. We have a great resource in John Wingard, who, mm-hmm. you know, elder at our church. He has really delved into so many of the books that are out there, knows really all of them and can make recommendations. And so he was able to guide me to the best books to add to our collection. I, you know, I read book reviews. There are great book reviews on the Gospel Coalition website. The church subscribes to Christianity Today, World Magazine. There's some other websites out there. Um, I get recommendations from other people. So it's it's a collection that is... I would say carefully curated, uh, but I think people should know that, as I said, that you read with discernment, you would know that there are books in there, you might read a sentence or two and think, okay, now, is, is that exactly what we would believe as Reformed Presbyterians? You know, I'm going to look at this other book and, and see, I, you know, I, I think it's important for people to understand that about the library. Well, and that's a benefit in of itself as you learn to grow in discernment, you learn to grow in critical reading. Um, we also believe that non-Christians can say things that are true. General revelation, yeah. common grace. We, we um, have a view of God's revelation of truth that's expansive. Um, and keep that in mind when you go in the library. Uh, yes. The presence of a yes. book is not an endorsement of every little thing in it. Right. I've never read a book I agreed with every single thing on except the Bible. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good for us spiritually to engage in that and be refined in discernment and wisdom. And so. Yes, and every author is fallible. 
Yeah. Every author. I mean, sometimes we think, oh, great theologians of the past, they got every single thing right, John Calvin or Martin Luther. And if you start studying them, you realize, no, they were wrong about this. You know, the, yeah. um, you can look at every great man or woman in church history and you can point to flaws, just like we can point to our own flaws. We are all flawed human beings. There's no author out there that got every single thing right. And that cultivates humility. Yes, it does. And that's a good thing. Um, well, we, we, we really want people to connect to the library. We have some future hopes that we're excited about to reveal connected to the Renew campaign uh, about how we might uh, see our library used in fresh new ways and enjoyed. Um, but just as we think about, as we wrap up, what are ways that people might not know about that the library is being used? Um, how, what are some of those things? I love when families come in and find books. I suppose that that's something to be expected, but I've had the pleasure of having, you know, a homeschool family come in and say, this was a book we were searching for. The mother remembered reading it as a child. She was having trouble finding it, and lo and behold, it was in our collection. We had that book, and she was able to share it. And we have people that come in, you know, they find out they have a diagnosis of something that's pretty frightening and they come in and check out books on suffering or books on hope and we actually have a number of books about particular illnesses I mean your dad helped us put a book in the collection on Parkinson's and we've got a few books on Alzheimer's and you know there are books there's even a, a great book that Nancy Guthrie wrote recently that's about how to pray for people that are facing hard situations. And it even gives you tips on the kinds of messages that you can send. You know, so often we fall back on saying, I'm just, I'm praying for you, or let me know if there's mm -hmm. anything I can do. And she helps you to more thoughtfully support and yeah. pray for people. We have a lot of people that come in they, they may have heard something. We mentioned that before and something either in a sermon or at a Bible study, and they just really want to read more mm -hmm. about that. Maybe it's one, one person came in after you talked about angels, and they wanted a book on angels after hearing that sermon. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, another person came in, I think Aaron Tolson had referred to Kevin DeYoung's books called Crazy Busy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they were looking for that book. So, you know, that we've got some books on how to have the talk with your children and mm -hmm. their parents that come in that, that check out five or six books and they're ready to sit down with their children. Uh, so that there are really all kinds of resources in there that I think some people just have no idea exist, but it's pretty exciting to think about what's there. And I would say to all of you listening, the great resource, in my opinion, of the library is Jennifer. So if you're going in there and you have that, I need some books on, on this topic or I want to read about this, the great resources that you don't just have to go to the computer or search our system, but you can talk to Jennifer and she'll help you think through, well, here's some books you might want to read about this. So to have a living, breathing <laughs> kind, well-read librarian to help you uh, locate your reading is a huge gift. And 
we are open for suggestions of books. It doesn't mean if you make a suggestion, it makes it into the library. But I know that there are conversations where it may, someone may say, I just read this book and it was wonderful. And Jennifer then may look into it. Um, so do chat with her about that. I, I just saw PNR is released a Westminster Confession of Faith Shorter Catechism Illustrated book. I, that would with be the Catechism Illustrated. Yeah. And um, I was going to pass that along. I just did. I was going to email it to Jennifer, but it looked great. Um, and I think about the benefit of that for kids and families to yeah. check that out and go through that. So uh, please, please connect. This, as we said, is a connections episode. We're seeking to increase our connection to one another with whom we stand together in community mission. And we stand together with Jennifer and the library, and we're thankful to have it, and we're committed to its future with us, and we want you to connect to it. So thank you, Jennifer, for all you do in the library and our church. Thank you. It's great to be there. Please stop by the library, and please tune in to future episodes of Pillar and Ground. We'd love to have you.